listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, the civil engineering planning and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve the quality of life within the communities we serve. This episode's host is Tim West. I'm Tim West. I'm a project manager and a landscape architect with Snyder & Associates, the designated project manager for the Lordson Skate Park project, as well as the lead construction administrator. We were assisting Polk County Public Works in making sure the project was constructed properly and per the plans and specifications. We were also in charge of making sure that the construction and design communication flowed through all the different entities that were involved. Hey everyone, my name is Brad Anderson and I'm one of the co-chairs of the Skate Park Committee. I've been associated with the Skate Park from 2017 to present. The Skate Park is a six-acre site along the Des Moines River, state-of-the-art, and served as the first Olympic trial event for skateboarding in the United States. The Skate Park has 88,000 square foot of skatable area, which makes it the largest skate park in the United States. We'd like to talk about how this project started. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to walk you through how this park started from dream to reality. The concept for building a grand skate park started at the grassroots level. It was led by Amos, which is a mid-Iowa organizing strategy. It's an organization that does a lot of grassroots organizing here in Des Moines. They asked a pretty simple question early on. What can we do to improve the lives of kids in Des Moines? They went around community to community and they found the answer was more outdoor recreation. And they landed on the idea of a skate park. The idea quickly went from building a skate park to a grand vision of a big park with the ability to host national tournaments. They wanted it designed by experts and the involvement of skaters. And they also wanted it in a cool location between the Des Moines River and the Wells Fargo Arena. They had to pitch this idea. So they went to church basements and community centers across Des Moines to pitch the idea of a big skate park. This was driven by kids. And in 2004, they pitched it to the city council and the city council formally approved the idea. The journey involved 70 businesses and organizations, the skating community, skate shops, people affiliated with skate culture. We had hundreds of individuals who contributed, signed petitions and were really involved throughout the journey to make it happen. My involvement started in 2017. I asked Des Moines Council Member Chris Hensley, as well as Polk County Supervisor Angela Conley, to join me and form a committee. That's really what kicked off the fundraising effort that led to the successful building of the skate park. A lot of people put these skate parks underneath bridges or in the outskirts of town. Here in Des Moines, it's centered and accessible to kids, which is the best of all worlds because you can drive by it and see it on 235. It's got the river next to it, and it's accessible to a lot of kids. It's a great location. In 2015, the Community Foundation Leadership Circle Challenge Grant came to be, and this is where some high-level philanthropists within the Community Foundation pool their resources and land on a big project every year. One of the projects they landed on was this skate park. They love the idea. So in 2015, they put a half a million dollars on the table. The giant amount of money expired and needs to be matched by December 2017. We have to find a way to make sure that we get that match. So Angela, Christina, and I talked to the Community Foundation. They allowed us to put our committee together and we got the grant extended 
into the next year. The whole project at the time was about three and a half million dollars. We knew that we needed some big money to come in early. We got some interest from donors, Mid-American Energy, Community Choice Credit Union, Prairie Meadows, Wells Fargo, a ton of great donors. I will never forget February of 2018, we were looking for a million dollar naming rights contribution. I got the phone call that the Lauridsons had agreed to a $1 million contribution. That was a pivotal moment and set us on a path to success. At that point, we got a call from the Community Foundation and they said, we have a private donor that wants to put a skatable art feature into the park. We had this international competition where artists from all over the world came in to pitch us on skatable art and the result was unbelievable. It was also at that moment, we're raising money, and Tim is going to talk to you about some of the construction challenges we had to deal with, which meant we had to raise more money. A one-year fundraising effort quickly became a three-year fundraising effort. At the time, the square footage that we were talking about put us second or third in the nation in terms of skate park size. So someone at the table said, why don't we just make it the largest skate park in the nation? I mean, we're already raising all this money. What's it going to take to make the largest skate park in the nation? Immediately, everyone at the table is like, that's what we need to do. You have to dream big to capture the imagination of potential donors. And as soon as we said, let's build the largest skate park in the nation, the donors were intrigued by the idea and the donations started coming in. Groundbreaking, October 15th, 2018. At that point, we still had some challenges to deal with. 2018 skate dsm starts the fundraising off and we've had a groundbreaking and my team at snyder and associates and chuck britson got involved we were teamed up with california skate parks and we were operating under the umbrella of polk county and polk county public works we were challenged with creating a design project and construction documents to move as quickly as possible and to start building things as soon as they were designed our charge was to deal with the site conditions and find out how we were going to make this conceptual drawing a reality. This site is a pretty significant hill and was about a five to one to six to one slope. We need to create a large flat pad area so that we could place this large 88,000 square foot footprint on a flat surface so that it could exist on this hillside. There were a number of things that we had to take a look at right away. Slope stability was the first understanding how much of a slope and how much retaining wall we could build on the project area. We also had an added challenge that the skate area wasn't nailed down yet. So we tried to keep a large oval shape to reserve for the skate park as it's being designed in more of a final state. We had to maximize that pad area. We also had flood elevations and permitting and river modeling in that area. We also had to look at utilities. There there was a major electrical transmission line that went through the area along the river. There are high lines, high voltage, and there's an easement associated with that that you have to stay clear of. There's also two trunk sewers located in this property, 42-inch sewer main and a 60-inch sewer main. There's a 16-inch high-pressure gas line. A large electrical feeder came through this area as well. You also have lines crossing out of downtown. There's a large fiber line underneath the river and back up on the other side, and two large storm sewer lines. We had to maintain flows during construction so that we didn't interrupt any storm sewer service downtown. We had to locate and expose some of the utilities, understand their depth, size, and exact locations. In the end, the only thing we had to relocate was a little bit of storm sewer vertically and an electrical main, which Mid-American came in and did after the retaining wall work.
We also had to take a close look at the soils. We identified through historic research a number of coal mine entrances. We also had a bunch of unconsolidated fill. Those old fills weren't nice, compacted, engineered fill. It was a mix of concrete, glass, cinders, plastics. There was even coal in some of the borings that we took. That unconsolidated fill has the potential for settlement and soft spots. Then we have the opposite problem in some parts of the site where we have weathered bedrock and shale that extends from the shallowest point at two feet down to 17 feet deep. We knew we were going to be dealing with structural design on top of very firm bedrock and unconsolidated fills as we move in and out of different soil horizons. So what we started with from California skate parks had to be redesigned. We took their master plan and tweaked it through our design based on the utility locations, the slope stability, the retaining wall design, and the access due to the 30-foot elevation change, and came up with a different master plan, which has a large switchback sidewalk and provides accessibility down to the skate promenade. The skate park proper was narrowed and lengthened so that we could fit it on a more narrow footprint. In August of 2019, we worked over the winter with California skate parks and got far enough along that we felt comfortable to start construction through the efforts of Mackinich stripping and clearing the site. We had to start excavating for large walls so that we could create this large pad area in that storm sewer exposed where we had to drop that down and allow for that to cross under the skate park. I identified a number of areas where we had some soft or unconsolidated fill. So Chuck Britson, our structural engineer, designed a large spread footing that we could bridge over a number of those different areas. It was really important to have a wall system that could go through any of those different types of soil layers. Other parts of the park didn't require the large, expensive, rigid retaining wall system that we designed for the north part. We designed a wall system that was a little more flexible based on modular units that would allow for a little bit of settlement, yet not degrade the structural integrity of the wall. So we had created this large platform through our wall work, our utility work, and we were ready for the skate park. And that's when Zach and his team started to roll out their final designs. The park course, one of the two Olympic courses, high quality, a high degree of difficulty, designed to host amateur to world-class professional events. It's got 10-foot vertical transitions throughout hips, extensions, escalators, gaps, rails, and transfer areas. A lot of components wrapped into one skatable area. The street course is the other Olympic course, also has a high degree of difficulty associated with its design and skatability. This contains a lot of ledge types, rails, steps, banks, gaps, hips, and transfers. A lot of different components that maximize creativity as you're doing your different types of runs. This is kind of a two-level swimming pool or amoeba pool area, 510 in the shallow end, 86 in the deep end. The flow bowl and behind it, the snake run. And this is the area that was specifically designed for training and skills development. This park was unique in that it spanned a gap of professional down to beginners. Someone who's training, someone who's more recreational, someone learning the sport can be with other skaters at that same skill level and graduate out into other parts of the park. The largest area that spans the entire park is the skate promenade. There's curbs, rails, half pipe, quarter pipes, ramps, banks, and curbing associated with this long linear stretch. This is 1,200 feet long, goes all the way down almost a half mile in length, and stretches the whole length of the Lordson Skate Park. 
the four flat four incorporates steps, rails, curbs into multiple skatable component areas. Same with the 16 stair. We got the design done. We're ready to get to work. California Skate Parks moved in in spring of 2020 and started to work on how they were going to get all of this formed out and excavated. A lot of specialty form work and all the rebar and reinforcement associated with it. These special forms that are very curvilinear and set the shape of the component. All the metal and all the form work was fabricated and shaped on site. They had a couple of different areas where they did all of this fabrication and would just take it steps away to incorporate into the concrete work or into the edges of different skate components. It was quite impressive to see the work that they brought in and were able to do on site after the shot creek finish where they spray concrete through a pneumatically projected hose onto vertical and horizontal surfaces this is pretty precise in developing these curved and shaped surfaces the drains were incorporated ahead of time creating drainable surfaces that promotes well-drained soil reducing heave and thaw then we moved into the wild as they're working on the components for the skate park proper, we worked with metal fabricators to get the WOW delivered in late summer of 2020. That's located on the south end of the promenade. We wanted it fairly close to the switchback, so people coming down from Wells Fargo and the 2nd Avenue corridor would be able to identify this art piece and be able to look at it from different vantage points above. It also anchors the south end of the skate park. There's a 84-foot long by four foot wide by four foot deep reinforced concrete footing to keep that wow anchored three quarter inch steel plating and it's 12 feet tall after it was craned into place and attached we started to take a look at the support mechanisms we started to design stabilizers. In the meantime, the WOW needed to be painted. They selected Candy Apple Red for the WOW to really make it pop and to emulate the artist's original thoughts. The stabilizers were painted in gray that matched the sidewalk. They blended in and you still saw the WOW cursive element. All these areas are skatable. They're all flush with the concrete, so you transfer right from the concrete onto the metal surfaces. That was very specifically designed by our structural engineers and Zach with California State parks. It's a very popular element in the park, the artistic value. It's just out of this world type of element. We were at the tail end of 2020. The Olympics had been postponed till 2021 due to COVID. So we were trying to get as far as we could by the end of the year and wanted to button up the project for the winter and then complete it in the spring of 2021. We were targeting a July completion date. We had heard that California had shut down all of their public areas, particularly the skate parks and that it inadvertently caused the due tour to not have a home for 2020 and 2021 potentially that led them to worry about where they might have a olympic qualifying event since the olympics had gotten postponed till 2021 they were looking at postponing their duke tour event to 2021 as well since they couldn't utilize the skate parks that were in california that they had previously planned on they started to look elsewhere they started to look at des moines and this was november of 2020 and their event was set for mid-May of 2021, there was a lot of concern as to whether we could have the Des Moines site ready for this large event. The skate park was about 75% complete. The switchbacks from the Iowa Event Center were about 50% complete at this date, and we hadn't even started the skate promenade. About 60 days to complete the project. On top of the work that we had to do to get the skate park construction finished, they also approached California Skate Parks about adding in work for special branding, painting on the metal surfaces, 
areas that would be specific to the do tour. We need to establish viewing areas, media areas, all sorts of different components that would be added into the work effort to try to get the park done by May 10th. November 9th in 2020, when we found that we might need to have this thing completed by the following May, we still needed to complete a lot of the flat work in the street course and in some of the bowls. The switchback was about 50% done. So we really hurried up and tried to get as much work done before the winter started. We got most of the skate park completed and the extension of the switchback. The wow is in and painted, but we hadn't started on any of the promenade elements or bypass trail overhead structures. Of course, there's a bunch of different components that would be required to finish off the work, including all of the metal work. We weren't able to do anything over that winter, but on March 9th, Mackinich moved in in 2021 to start prepping the promenade subgrade. And then California Skate Parks moved in on March 12th, so we could meet the May 10th completion day. We started almost exactly 60 days prior to the completion date to try to finish up all the earthwork, pavements, all of the final touches. Normally, we wouldn't be able to guarantee any site work to start until April 15th, but everyone on the team was excited to get moving, try to get in early, and we're really dedicated to getting the project completed on time so Des Moines could host the Dew Tour and the first Olympic qualifying event. The promenade went in fast, the skate components got built quickly, and then we get to mid-May where the Dew Tour and started to set up all of their different components. For the Dew Tour, beautifully located. First site visit the Dew Tour had was that snow-covered February, which you saw in Tim's time-lapse video. They loved the Capitol in the background with the river there, and they knew exactly where they were going to put everything. This is the street course, the other Olympic qualifying event. The skate park opened, and two weeks later, this event was taking place. And it's just incredible. The whole thing from start to finish, we were able to pull it off, and Tim and his team just did such an incredible job. The ribbon cutting, believe it or not, Gators from Des Moines, but also hundreds of athletes. I didn't realize they were already in town because the second we cut the ribbon, they wanted to start training on the park so they can get ready for the Dew Tour and qualifying for the Olympics. So there are a bunch of pro skaters behind us we didn't even know about, and they immediately started showing their stuff, and it was awesome to see. One of the great things that happened as a result of building the largest skate park in the nation and some of the national attention we've received is if you go to the skate park over the summer in the evening, I don't care if it's a Wednesday or a Friday or a Saturday. It is jam-packed with kids. If you go there in the morning, it's jam-packed with kids. It's super exciting to see that the kids have embraced it. They're working with each other, encouraging each other to use all the elements. And one of the best things about this skate park in particular is when the guy from the Tony Hawk Foundation came by and was walking with me across the skate park, he was saying, I get paid to go to skate parks all over the country. And this is hands down the best skate park I have ever been to. And I said, what is it? Is it the scale? Is it the location? And he said, you know what it is? It's that. And he pointed to this dad holding his daughter's hand as he's teaching her how to skate. He said, this skate park has elements for everybody. And there's no other skate park in the country that has elements for beginning skaters up to the pros. This person who's learning how to skate now will gravitate through these elements and become an excellent skater. And the next wave of Olympians is going to come from Des Moines, Iowa. I just have to say it has been an unbelievable journey. And Tim, I want to thank him and his team because their patience with us when we've got the clock ticking, we needed the perfect spring to happen to get it done. And Tim made that happen. So <laughs> I really appreciate everyone's effort. want to thank the whole team because really a team effort. 
Thank you for listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering planning and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve the quality of life within the communities we serve. Find content related to this episode on snyder-associates.com.